sales makes everything else possible. Not just business-wise, not just in my personal life, but also in the things I see in the world where I'm like, this really bothers me. Hi, I am Sandra Vanderly, and this is Becoming Unapologetic. This is going to be the podcast for entrepreneurs that are ready to grow a business that works for them. I'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as one break, one launch, or one secret that's going to change your life or your business. The big difference between those that stayed stuck and those that blew up? The ones who made it decided that they have what it takes, they sell their expertise, and they unapologetically go after their dreams every damn day. Here is to becoming unapologetic. Hello, I have been very hesitant about this subject because I know that it needs to be talked about, but I also know that some of you are going to listen to this and be very activated and think all sorts of things. You might call me names. Uh, If anything's going to be get me publicly shamed or canceled, it might be this topic. And at the same time, I have a job, right? And my job is to help you grow your business, see business differently, show up unapologetically, and make tough subjects and tough situations in some way discussable. I'm not even sure if that's the right word for it. So without further ado, this is episode 11, and I am going to talk a little bit about can you and should you sell when really bad shit happens in the world? And I just want to start by saying, and this is without diminishing any of your pain or your experiences, and of course I'm aware, right? There is no escaping the news everywhere. And at the same time, if I look back, I'm 31 years old right now, Every year there has been shit and drama and genocide and politically motivated crap happening everywhere. And I think that gives you an idea of where this episode is going. So if this makes you go, this is not for me, I'm skipping this one, that is completely fair enough. And yet at the same time, you might benefit the most from this right? Because the thing is that when really bad things happen in the world or in our personal life, this kind of also relates to things that happen in our personal circumstances. And let me tell you, um, my friends listening to this might be more aware, but I have been through some shit in the past five years. And that includes almost dying abroad from a tropical disease and having a really long recovery time there It includes injuries, it includes sickness, it includes travel stuff and digital nomad life, and I've been dealing with bank card fraud and immigration and all sorts of things, right? And all of us have these types of stories in our personal lives, right? We have loss, we have suffering, we have grief, and luckily most of the time life also has the complete opposite for us, right? Um, So we're already going a little bit on a tangent here, but the thing with all of this is that 
when something isn't actively happening in your home, in your street, in your town, in your community, in your country, the fact that you are really emotional doesn't change anything. And that doesn't mean that your emotions aren't valid, that you're not allowed to feel them, that you cannot process them. But what it does mean to me is that your life and your business cannot stop when something in the world is happening. Because if you let the news, your neighbor, your grandma, the fact that five years ago you got really sick abroad and that was harrowing and you're still there's still a little bit of something around it, um, if you let that stop you, you're not going to have a business for very, very long. So do what you have to do. Process your feeling. And at the same time, it is not only about your feelings. And there's a past episode that I'll link from the show notes um, called Business is Not About Your Feelings, which was episode free. And you might like to listen to that too after this one. So that kind of brings me to our business as a vehicle for influence and change. And this is an idea that I talk about a lot. And at some point I might have to get an economist or someone even like with more credentials in this subject on a show to talk about this, because I talk a lot about the fact that I believe as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, as unapologetic CEOs, our goal should to be should be to make really big money. And when I say that, I mean $500,000 and up. Because the thing is, is that our money equals power, equals influence, equals change. So that means that if we sell, we're not just changing the lives of our clients, right? It doesn't matter what we do. We are bringing joy, we are bringing service, we are bringing change into the world just through our services, our products, the things that we sell. But we can also bring change into the world by how we spend our money, by what we do with it. So if you are sitting at home feeling powerless around what is happening with local politics, about the local library funding, about something that is happening very, very far away, use that to fuel your desire for business growth and tell yourself, you know what? That local politician is going to listen to me when I make a six-figure donation, right? They don't have a choice anymore. Or you know what? When the local school is struggling with something, I'm just going to cut a check And it's tax deductible too, right? So there is that thing where we judge other people for selling when things are hard, when it's like, no, their products change lives and you don't know what they're doing on the back end with that money, right? And it gets even further with that. And this is called the the trickle down effect or the multiplier effect, some of that. And that means that when when I'm earning, right? I'm spending that money and I'm spending that money on grass-fat, organic, local meats from independent farmers. I'm spending that money on my assistant who is spending that money on her graphic designer, right? I'm spending it with other small business owners. And yes, things leak away, right? To the grocery store, things leak away because we, we buy a new computer and maybe the effects of that aren't that great. 
But the thing is too, where the more money we make, you get to hire a chef, right? And maybe that's one of the local single moms who really needs a job that fits around school. Great, you get to hire her. And all of those things require money. And if you're a business owner, that requires sales. So to me, that is taking power over the things that you can control. Because the reality is, is based on my skill set and my maybe not so friendly, I am not made to be politically correct and kind and convincing. I am not a peacemaker, right? And I, that means that there are lots of things in the world that I wish were different, that me on my own probably doesn't, I don't have a lot of influence over it. But that doesn't mean that I cannot change things locally, right? It doesn't mean that I cannot control certain parts and make a choice to do that instead of sit at home and be really upset about the state of things. So to me, it comes down to sales makes everything else possible. Not just business-wise, not just in my personal life, but also in the things I see in the world where I'm like, this really bothers me. And you know, I have, and this is a fun example. This is from years ago, way back when I started being a digital nomad. So that must have been like, I want to say 2019, late 2019, um, but don't pin me on it because I'm not even sure. And I went to, I flew to Oahu, so one of the islands of Hawaii, for the biggest surf competition of the year. It's the final contest. The North Shore of Oahu has massive waves, lots of self-culture from there, vans, like all of that stuff, right? An entire subculture. And we went to this movie, and it's actually really fun because these people are all kind of a big deal. But when you go to some book signing thing, like really famous people are pouring you a glass of wine from the cooler, and they're really cool. And I don't, I never know anyone. There's a running joke. I never know anyone, especially not famous people. And um, we went to this um, this movie release of like they all do like surf lifestyle videos of look how how great I am and I can do all these tricks, right? Promotional type stuff. There wasn't a single woman video, woman filmmaker, and they opened the floor up for Q&A, and it's like, it's all these famous people, right? Surfers, famous industry people, whatever. And I'm just there like a brazen AF, I don't even know, 27-year-old, 28-year-old, whatever. And I raised my hand and I asked Michael, where are the women? And I didn't really get a like a reply. I was so mad. Like I left and I was like full of fury. But the reality of that situation was that that really bothered me, right? Because something else I noticed in the surf competitions have been that the women are always out in worse conditions. They get graded less. And at some point I did statistical analysis on the, I'm such a nerd, okay? I have a a research university background. I'm a very big nerd. So I did statistical analysis on the scores and I was like, women get rated lower, even under when all circumstances are the same, right? Anyway, Complete side note. The thing about that was that if I was a big fucking deal, if I had $100,000 to spare, I would have been like, great. Um, I noticed there's not so many women. So who are the most promising female filmmakers, female water, water videographers, female water photographers, and the youngest female surf talent? Because I want to make a movie with them, right? I want to fund this thing because I don't agree with this. And something changed in me because that fury and that realization 
no one else was going to come in to fix it. But if I had $100,000 to throw at this project, I could have been the change, instigated the change, caused the change, made the change that I wanted to see in that moment. And I think that that is something that we very frequently forget. Which I hope that this makes sense. This one's a little bit all over the place, which kind of brings me to my final point too, where this year, right back then, my life was very different. Man, I had no clue what was going to come. Um, and this year, if you've listened to the episodes before and you've been in my world, you know that I'm investing very big um, into a visa opportunity that might pan out. It might not. There's no guarantees about it. Um, and... Um, The reality is that when people go like, oh, the world is on fire, you shouldn't be selling right now, right? And I'm not talking about what is happening right now today while you're listening to this podcast. I'm talking about the past years. It's been a traumatic couple of years. And I say this with all the love and I I have to like breathe out because there's a tiny hint of jealousy here if this is your situation, but I'm like, It's really fucking easy for you to say if you have a husband that pays your bills that you don't need to sell. If your business doesn't have to pay your rent or pay your groceries or pay your insurance, right? I love that for you. Wonderful. You know, great. Um, That would be a really nice situation to be in. But a lot of us are not. And I've taken on a lot of financial responsibility. That's what happens when you decide to invest more to get a visa and be able to stay somewhere than you made in profit the year before, right? There's financial pressure. But it also means that I have contracts signed. I'm on the hook for paying people, which means that if I'm not selling, they're not getting paid, right? If I'm not selling, I'm not getting paid. And if I'm not getting paid, my insurance isn't getting paid, my rent isn't getting paid, So it's also this thing where it's really easy to judge other people for doing what they need to do when you're in a situation where maybe it's not a requirement for you. And you know, it's wonderful. My my personal business coach, she always calls this, um, like you have a velvet pillow, right? You have a safety net and it's really nice and powerful. And I've had really good safety nets and I've had to use them in the past, Um, in the form of family for me. And at the same time, if I have, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, at some point I was having like $10,000 costs, not including my salary. I cannot knock on my mom's door and be like, hey mom, um, there's a lot of shit happening in the world right now. So I didn't really feel like working this month. Uh, Can you cover my bills? I just need 10K. Right? That's not a reality. So if you have seen someone sell and you were like, there's very little sensitivity in this or excuse me, tone deaf much, check your own judgment. And maybe for a second, imagine that they're not necessarily unaffected. It doesn't mean they don't care. But if your business is your livelihood, You have to pick up and you have to keep going. Judging other people for doing what they can do, for doing what they have to do, for doing what they need to do, 
says everything about you and it tells me very little about them and their business and their life. And this feels like such a downer to end on. So I want to give this a little bit of a positive spin too. And that is to share a story from earlier um, November, early November 2023. I was at the live day for my uh, with my business coach. I'm in a Dutch uh, coaching group. And we had to set like really big, ridiculously hairy, far away, multi-million dollar goals for five years in the future. And then we had to talk about what that money would make possible. And it starts with the little things. And I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this on a podcast where I joke that I want to be able to fly my parents in a private plane so that the dog can come and doesn't have to be crated, right? Or in the kind of first class where you can big up bring a big-ass 60-pound golden retriever on the plane. But the reality is, too, that when you come into the goals where you write down, I want to make $5 million a year, you can fly private and there's money to spare. And I was like, well, what else would I want to do? Right? What, What does that kind of money make possible? And one of my personal ones, and I'm surprised I'm sharing this with you because this is a... This has kind of been a secret one, but I wrote it down and I talked to other people about it. So I I think it's time. Wouldn't it be amazing if I had a nonprofit that owned an apartment building where women going through a breakup with a violent partner, um, some kind of health struggle, some kind of divorce, people escaping a really bad situation could get out of their relationship and rent an apartment and not for free because We don't treat it with respect if we get it for free, but not for profit either, right? That they had a place they could escape to and kind of get their lives back on track and be separate from whatever shitty situation they were in for a landlord that wasn't looking to make a profit. Wouldn't that be fucking genius? But the thing is with this, like it requires money and it requires something else to pay the bills in the meantime. So it is also this thing where if you're sitting here going like, damn, Sandra, this was a lot. Um, I don't want to talk to you for a couple days. I don't want to listen to you anymore. Um, I want you to encourage you to do this. Like imagine that next year you make $5 million, right? And maybe by the time you get your salary and your costs are covered, there's $3 million left or $2.5 million left. What would that kind of money make possible in terms of power in terms of influence, in terms of change in the world that you, your products, and your clients could make possible because no matter what was happening externally, you showed up for your business and you showed up for the sale and you showed up for the change. What would be possible for you, for your community, and for the world?